the first chapter, which kicks everything off when Anton is looking for Yegor, he is being hunted by vampires who do not have a license. <gasps> and then he gets in trouble with his boss for killing one of the vampires. Mm. Welcome back to another episode of All Booked, Sterling Municipal Library's podcast, where we talk to you about books we'd like to recommend. And Ash is joining the show as a new reviewer, Mm -hmm. and they're going to review Night Watch. How about you tell us about the book? Hello. Night Watch by Sergei Lukyanenka is about post-Soviet Moscow. There's this society of magical people. The good guys and the bad guys in this magical society, they have this thousand-year-old treaty where essentially they're not allowed to do anything that breaks the balance between good and evil. And the main character, Anton, he's a member of the Night Watch, which is the good guys. They watch over the night, which is when the forces of evil come out to play, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And the evil guys are called the Day Watch for the same reasons. So Anton is looking for these two persons of interest, Svetlana and Yegor. And Svetlana, he finds her in a subway while looking for Yegor. And she's got this curse on her. And that it's enormous, so that catches his attention. And he wants to find her and break this curse while searching for Yegor because he is... A young man with extraordinary magical power, and both sides would really like to have him on their mm-hmm. side. So what drew you to this book? This was recommended to me because I'd mentioned that I'm interested in Russian media. Mm-hmm. I got into it because some of my friends had told me about this movie on Netflix, and it's based on a Russian comic book, and I watched it, and... I loved it, and I read some of the comics, and I love those, and I'm trying to learn Russian emphasis on trying. (laughs) (laughs) And it's nice to expand my palette to have something that's a little bit older, because this stuff, the comics started in 2015, I believe. Mm -hmm. This book was written in the late 90s, so immediately Mm post-Soviet. Do you read a lot of fantasy in general, or is is this Um, new? I do read mostly fantasy, that science fiction, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, as basically as long as I've been reading, I've been really drawn to the, like, magical society world-building type thing, Mm -hmm. even back with, like, Harry Potter and Percy Jackson. Mm -hmm. Very good choices, both of them. Excellent. Did the um did the tone of this novel feel different because of the setting or because of it being from like the 90s? Cuz I know fantasy as a genre has changed like a ton since the 90s. Yeah. This this one definitely had some interesting takes. I think a lot of it was influenced by like freshly coming out of the Soviet Union mm-hmm. because there's a scene where Anton talks about they refer to communism as a experiment of the light side. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like they it was kind of explained as let's see if this works out. It sounds like a good idea. Maybe it'll happen and well we know how the Soviet <laughs> Union wound up, but they mm-hmm. it's interesting that they the author t- took communism and 
was like, this is something that the magical guys made up to try out Mm -hmm. to see if it would be good for society. That's cool. So tell us a little bit about the layers of the magical society. So are there particular powers that tend to be more seen more often on the good guys or the dark side or whatever you want to call them? Yeah, the magical society as a whole, they call themselves the others. And there are different kinds. There's like sorcerers and sorceresses. There's shapeshifters. Most of those tend to be on the light side, but some of them can be on the dark side. Vampires are almost always on the dark side. And that's pretty interesting because Anton, who is on the light side, is neighbors in his apartment building with a family of vampires. And he's like, civil with them. He's nice to them. Their teenage son, Kostya, comes over to his house sometimes. Now, vampires in this world, I'm going to guess that they operate similarly to most vampires in other literature. But are people in the on the bad side actively bad, or is it just kind of like, we're just not on the good side? Because it feels like a family of vampires sounds very, like, benign. Like yes. they're just Yeah, they're, they're really chill. They're just surprisingly, in the evil Like... <laughs> They get their blood from blood banks. Mm -hmm. According to the treaty that they have, you can get a hunting license, (laughs) but... Just really hard, a lot of paperwork, like... (laughs) Yeah, it's like, uh... So wait, this is a very bureaucratic approach to magical powers. (laughs) The first chapter, which kicks everything off when Anton is looking for Yegor, he is being hunted by vampires who do not have a license. And then he gets in trouble with his boss for killing one of the vampires. Mm. Got to report that to the Wildlife and Fisheries Department. So wait, if he's supposed to be operating to help keep balance, what are some things that he's allowed to do to the other side? Does Um, it all have to get like a stamp of approval from somebody? Basically, his intention was to go over there and basically just arrest the vampires. Just like, hey... Don't do that. But because, sorry, previous scene on the way to rescue Yegor from the vampires, he sees Svetlana in the subway and she's got this huge curse on her. And that's actually one of the more interesting things, in my opinion, about the world building is that curses, they stick to people like big black clouds and they make your day worse. And that includes like... Just the ordinary banal curses that normal people say to each other every day, like road rage. Hey, I hope you get a flat tire or just yelling curse words at people. Right. And Anton remarks something along the lines of, I stopped saying mean things to people a long time ago because once you see the way they stick to people, you don't want to do that to people anymore. (laughs) It feels bad when you realize that it makes a difference. (laughs) And so he sees this huge curse on Svetlana and he wants to break that curse because he knows that a curse that big could kill her. So Mm. he uses this amulet of magical power that was given to him to use on the vampires and he tries to use it to break her curse But it doesn't work because the curse is just that strong. And he mentioned this this to his boss, like, I'm sorry, I meant to use the amulet on the vampires, but I had to use it in the subway because of this curse. And his boss is like, whoa, this curse sounds huge. It could probably, like, destroy an entire building. We need to find whoever cast that curse and get them to break it. And then as it turns out, the 
lady in the subway, Svetlana, did it to herself hmm. out of guilt mm -hmm. because she did something that was not very nice to her mother and she just had a lot of self-loathing because of that and she had a lot of magical power inside of her that she didn't know about. Okay. So this gets both sides' attention because they're like, wait a minute, crisis averted, she broke the curse that she put on herself, but she is very, very powerful. We could use her if we get her onto one yeah. of our sides. Especially just walking around with that kind of power. She tells someone that she wants them to have a flat tire. It feels like a Their curse car that might, might blow up. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's got to teach this, <laughs> this person how to control that. Yeah. <laughs> she does end up getting persuaded to the light side, but that kind of persuades the dark side all the more to want Yegor and his mm -hmm. power because... Again, they want to keep the balance. And is this... Fantasy has, I think, at least now, developed a reputation for always being a series. <laughs> yes, it yeah. is a series. Is this a series? This, yeah, this is a series. I haven't read past the first one mm -hmm. yet, but I am looking into putting some time aside to read the sequel, which I believe is called The Day Watch. The Day Watch. Okay. And and do you know anything about the sequel? Is that not really okay? Because I was wondering if it was if it was maybe like from the different perspective that would be interesting. That would be interesting. So do you get to? I know it's always different when you're exploring a known location from a fantasy lens, but do you get to explore very much of Moscow in the story? Somewhat, not really. It's more of the general atmosphere than like landmarks, mm -hmm. because you know people who live in a city from day to day they don't go right. see exciting landmarks all the time like <laughs> Look at tourists that beautiful historical do. church <laughs> like did even, you know it was founded in this year no <laughs> like even just living in the houston area you don't really go into houston all the time to mm -hmm. have fun he's just kind of living his life in the city and worrying about what's going on around him do you get a sense that Moscow is unique for this balance of light and dark or are other cities mentioned and how, you know, those magical powers are balanced there? I believe that this particular place is considered like a hub, but not the only okay. place. Like they're all over the place, but because of the nature of Moscow as a city and like just it's place in the world there's a good concentration okay of light and dark others mm -hmm. and is there any other <laughs> other <laughs> oh, <sorry>. i got you <laughs> is, is there kind of a look at the way the system is set up you mentioned it like kind of being a little bureaucratic do you get to mm -hmm. see like anton's like work environment does he have like a desk job like or is it more of an adventure like action-packed it fantasy. is pretty adventure heavy. It does mention that the initial mission to go rescue Yegor is like a test run to see if he's ready to graduate from having a desk job doing field work. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he's really not psyched about having to come back to his boss and like, so I kind of bungled this one. <laughs> so it didn't work out. <laughs> okay, yeah. so there, there's like an order of like... I don't know, like a hierarchy almost where, where yeah. you work your way up to field work. Like the CIA mm -hmm. of of magic. Where you just any <laughs> yeah, of your basically. police departments. Yeah. So. And you see more into the light side, the Night Watch's perspective and how they structure things because it is from Anton's perspective. But there are mentions 
that like the same structure is happening on the other side Mm -hmm. and is it seen as like a natural balance like because it's really hard for me to imagine feeling sympathy for someone on the day watch who's just like stop helping all those people or or something like that like is it is it viewed as something that's necessary to exist in that way for balance yes it is very much necessary to maintain the balance set forth in the treaty because if the treaty is breached that could risk like a magical war that could Mm -hmm. put a lot of lives in jeopardy so okay do they talk about any of the pre-treaty times i don't really remember anything like that it could have slipped my mind Mm -hmm. speaking of the balance one scene that i did really like that shows like just how important the balance is anton kind of tries to break the law a little bit like i'm gonna do a little sneaky and he places a spell on somebody that's illegal Mm -hmm. And dark magic user, a witch, I believe her name was Elisa, sees this and is like, hey, that was illegal. If you don't let me do something evil right now, I'm going to tell on you and you're going to get in so much trouble. And he's like, "Okay, but I have to decide what the evil thing is to decide if it's equal or not. (laughs) And she's like, that's fair. That's That's very funny. funny. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. She was like, hey, I I busted you there. And if you don't let me do something evil... And is this a book that we have at the library? It is. Okay. Do you know if this author has any other things that they've written? It's okay if you don't know. I was just wondering if if it was like a a fantasy only type thing. I'm not entirely sure. I think that he had written some science fiction things other than this series, but I'm not certain. Okay. Do you ever find out more about Yegor or is he just like a damsel in distress the whole time? I love to see it. Oh, he's as like the people are fighting over him he's kind of falling towards the dark because he's just very frustrated and angry about this whole thing he's like i'm sick and tired of everybody just wanting me for my powers you know (laughs) (laughs) i'm an interesting person too (laughs) you should want to hang out with me and have me on your side because i'm cool not just because i can blow up a building and there's like talk of prophecy like oh he some really bad stuff could happen if he like pledges himself to the head of the day watch and a big part of like the third act of the book is Anton and Svetlana looking for this piece of chalk that can alter the book of destiny mm. so like you if you open up the book of destiny you can write in it that like you can change someone's destiny just by like writing things about oh, them wow. Wow. So it's like death note. A lot of people naturally are very interested in attaining this chalk. Yes. <laughs> because it could like cause a war or like change very important people's personalities. It's quite a burden. Yeah. So what kind of fantasy reader would you recommend this series to? It's kind of a like as much bureaucracy as there is in it, it's still fairly action oriented so like if like an action fantasy is kind of your thing okay then definitely look into this my brain is like kind of thinking like dresden filesy like yeah i think that could be kind of like like street magic urban 
urban magic. Almost like yeah. procedural fantasy, sort of, almost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's definitely procedural a fa- fantasy. <laughs> that's definitely a fair <laughs> description. Yeah. I'd love to see some more procedural fantasy. That kind of description kind of reminds me of like the fairies in uh, Artemis Fowl. You know, oh, like yeah, how yeah. they were like a police department. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I do see some similarities yeah. now that you mention it. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're these whimsical, magical beings, like vampires or fairies or whatever. And it's like, oh, I can't believe I have to go to work and clock in and then my boss <laughs> is going to yell at me. I mean, it's very funny because it's the idea of these like incredibly powerful beings that have been a lot around forever. And they're just like, of course, we developed this civilization with rules. We've been around forever. Yeah, this treaty <laughs> is a thousand years old. Yeah. You think we aren't going to have some structures of reinforcement in place? How do, you think we, how do you think we maintain all of those delightful pixie bridges? Oh. We have to do pixie infrastructure. <laughs> That's awesome. I feel like we've yeah. gotten off on a, s- a small bit of a tangent. That's Sorry. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was related on some levels. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for bringing a fresh yeah. new take on a series that I'm not sure is on most people's radars. So Yeah, be. I'd certainly never heard of it before. And stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations. Bye. Bye.